Good morning, welcome. You're listening to Facts of Faith with me, Nayelu Pondona, here on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. It will do you good if you want to participate in our conversation to start dialing right now. Get your phones ready to text to us for our subject matter. For today, we're asking the question, how can we achieve religious tolerance? As you may be listening to the question as it's structured, it's moving from the premise that we have not. And because we have not, we need to... And hence, we're asking the question, how can we do it? Now, I understand that there are those who believe because we have fora and organizations and associations and councils, therefore, that means we have tolerance. On the contrary, if we're going to have 54 million South Africans who in practice do not practice that which is, well, announced by the leaders, by declaration, and action, we are not tolerant one with the other. Case in point, people leaving a pig snout outside a Muslim mosque. What's going on with that? Really, we have to understand that when we deliberately do those things, first, it's cruel to the animal whose head you're banding about in the streets, and secondly, it's rude. But why do we do that if we understand? If we understand that this is not supposed to be done. So we ask the question, how can we achieve religious tolerance? You're listening to Facts of Faith on SAFM. The views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or of that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual equilibrium. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests and callers are encouraged to engage in this our freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. Facts of Faith begins right now. Start dialing 0891-104-207, 0891-104-207. How can we achieve religious tolerance to help us answer the question? We do have in the studio, in no particular order, Reverend Dumisani Metula, founding pastor of African Christian Mission Church, an academic community activist and a PhD student in theology. Good morning to you, sir, and thank you very much Good for going to talk to us. And also we do have, also in the studio, uh, Kelly Zipete, a member of the Baha'i Faith in Johannesburg. Good morning to you, ma'am, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Yes, good morning. And also we're supposed to be talking to Abdul Rahman Laili, South African journalist, who will we'll be giving us some perspective on the events that have been happening, particularly in our country, towards the issue of religious in. Tolerance. So, let's begin with you, Mamunkuli Zipete. Uh, what, in your take, is happening in our country? Do you believe that we have tolerance? Definitely no. Okay. Not, not necessarily in our country. Generally, the whole world, we don't have. We, we don't have? Generally, the whole world? Okay, how do you arrive at the conclusion? Because from time immemorial, even now, we hear news, we see, we li- read history, we know many wars fought under the banner of religion. Not necessarily religion causing wars, but under the banner of religion. Hatreds. Actually, sometimes I wonder why of all the isms and the bigotry that is all over that religiousism is not mentioned. We talk of sexism, racism, but we tend to 
forget this one. And mm. yet, it's a cause of the pain, of the wars. I, I mean, we know, we had just a few days some signages or declarations made. And when you get to the root of it, you'll find that I won't allow this one because belongs to that group, which happens to be a religion. Mm. So you are of the view that there is no tolerance, in spite of the fact that some people argue that actually we do have tolerance. That's why we are such a peaceful country compared to our contemporaries in the continent. Maybe we could uh, interrogate what do we mean by tolerance? Please do. Uh, or do we or just going by with each other? To me, that's not tolerance. Tolerance, especially religious tolerance, would make sense to me if we interrogate statements like it, if when you talk of religious con- tolerance, for example, we could involve, which personally I believe we don't involve few of the points I'll mention. For example, there's a saying that believing, if we could, it does involve believing that all religions are the same. What do I mean? In fact, it is obvious that religions differ. But how do we go far to interrogate that statement? Another point, for example, believing that all sets of religion beliefs are equally true. Again, religious, we all agree, they differ greatly. Many people consider their own beliefs to be the true and others to be the least or partly false. And we say these things, but we don't really interrogate. Also, another point for believing that all faiths are equally beneficial or equally harmless to society. Uh, usually our opinion is that some religious, uh, some religions are less beneficial to society or they, some actually teach racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, le- re- all the phobias and isms. You get them in the religion. But is it not true? That's what I mean. But do we, why do they teach that if we look at a statement like, Faiths are, uh, religious faiths are equally beneficial or... So you're saying it is true. My question was, is it not true? And you say it is. It, it, uh, it, uh, if we look at the statement religion, what's the purpose of religion? It should not be true. But because the state we're in now is, as you had already said, there is the religion, I have said, there is religious intolerance. No, so, there's two different things, ma'am. You, mm. I, I was saying it is a fact that we have seen acts of intolerance. Intolerance, yes. Now, you're talking about something else. You're mm. suggesting that it is religion that is causing this. And I'm asking it, is it true? I um, said in the beginning, religion as a religion doesn't cause this, but under the banner of religion, we cause this. Okay, so it is that, not religion that causes that. No, that, that religion, is homophobic. If, that's, that's why I would go, the, what is the purpose of religion? Okay. Why is religion? Okay. Why religion? Yeah. Uh, uh, for example, the prophet founder of the Baha'i faith states it very clear that the religion, the fundamental purpose animating the religion of God is to safeguard the interests and promote the unity of human race and to foster the spirit of love and fellowship amongst men. But can we say today that this is religion, this is the purpose of religion, but on the contrary, I said in the beginning, wars have been fought under the banner of religion. Let's talk about Baha'u'llah. It seems as though even when he started, 
he was not seen by the Persians as one who is doing what you're suggesting right now. In fact, he was imprisoned because it was seen as though he's declaring himself to be God. His followers seemed to be declaring him to be God. It seems as though even the Baha'i faith is steeped in that very same divisive state of causing this one to be against that one, this one against... In fact, when he was imprisoned, it was alleged that he is blaspheming. He was causing division amongst the people, not unity as you're implying. Exactly. And this you get in all religions, especially the founders of religions. They are never accepted, especially in their place of origin. They are never, they are all treated in different forms. We can just, in South Africa, we know Christianity. What happened to Jesus Christ? How many people really, really followed him? Twelve in the beginning. One betrayed him. Eleven. And later on, years later, and you can go to Islam, His Holiness Prophet Muhammad. He was not, what happened to Baha'u'llah is not unique in religious beginnings. Yes, true, that's what he went through. He was not accepted. He was exiled for 40 years. He was in prison. That's normal in religious development. Was he being divisive? No, he, he was he was not. He was not divisive. So the Persian government was all wrong. Exactly. Okay. All right. Let's bring in Reverend Dimsadi Matula. Uh, Reverend, uh, your take. Are we united in un- wonder, one banner of the Interfaith Council of South Africa or the South African Council of Churches? And you can name all these organizations. Are we united? Is there no intolerance in our country? Well, to a certain degree... There is a certain level of intolerance. You I'm know. curious about the 12. Yes, you know, whereby you find others claiming that their understanding of the truth is the ultimate one. You know, people would say that only Christians are going to heaven, you know, or only Muslims, you know, are teaching the right way to God. But the purpose of religion, it is to teach people love. It is to speak the truth. We it understand the to, purpose, Reverend, yes. but are we pursuing that purpose and to a certain degree yes we are pursuing it but sometimes as fallible human beings we are not doing it exactly the way we are supposed to be doing it hence it is fundamental that the question you are discussing is how do we then achieve this we'll get to that point let's first diagnose the problem so you're saying to a certain extent Yes. To a thirteenth degree. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of the twelve. <laughs> Let's get to that issue, Reverend. All right. If you are supposed to be giving me milk okay. and to a thirteenth degree you give me milk with poison, are you giving me milk or are you giving me poison? Um I I'm giving you milk which has got poison. But my intention was to give you milk, you know. And so why is this intolerance in religion? What will the doctor say, Reverend? Will the doctor say I was milked or I was poisoned? The, 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 the medical perspective will be... The actual perspective. I, I, I was It has poisoned. to do with your... your <laughs> the actual, the only perspective that has to do with my health. What will the doctor say? Yes. No, he will say that I was poisoned. That's why I'm asking about religion. If religion knows that this is the truth and it yes. is not supposed to be mixed with the poison, which is prejudice, I'm giving an example. Why would you then, as religious leaders, I understand with the Baha'is, they don't feel they have leaders, but as people who teach us the word, why would you give us something mixed with poison if the intention is to give us nutrition and not kill us? Well, you, you see, each and every, you know, leader, religious leader is coming from a 
family background, the political background, okay. the social context, the political context. Okay. They come from a particular economic position. Now, when they speak, they are not speaking objectively. Oh. They are speaking intersubjectively, trying to communicate the truth, the way they've been taught the truth. You know, and sometimes it comes out that you know by intolerance by discrimination by excluding others as if they are not God children enough. so effectively these people others, that teach us need to be taught themselves they don't know what they are we teaching to, us we, they, we, we need to reread the you know the holy scriptures we need to decolonize them within our context contextualize them problematize them so that they become too relevant you find that christians um interpreting the bible you know from a european and american perspective they are normalizing middle class standards you know white patriarchy and all that stuff and then you'll find that muslims will normalize probably the islam you know which is dominant in the middle east but the issue is contextualization the issue is decolonization the issue is putting it within the african context in today's situation in the light of the struggles that we are facing, hence this intolerance because the the authors that we read, the people that we're engaging in dialogue with are from, you know, the northern hemisphere and we want to bring the solutions from there in our own context. Instead of bringing solutions, we spread more confusion, you know, we lead people far more confused, whereas what is needed, it is to say, how do we within this particular context in the 21st century in South Africa, Africa, as religious communities, how should we be dealing with the truth? You, you know, know and I've, I've, I've been hearing this fallacy, and with all respect, yeah. of contextual theology. Mm. You know, when you listen to pastors speaking mm. of contextual theology, you tend to think that there is a way of writing or rewriting the Bible from the African perspective. And yet it was not written from the African perspective. It was written from the Middle Eastern perspective. And you cannot recontextualize the writing of the Bible to Africa, even with the Quran or even Baha'i faith for that matter. It is impossible to rewrite the Bible to form part of the African culture or the African context. I, I don't agree with you now. Explain. Yeah. Why I don't agree with you. Okay. Steve Biko yes. contextualized the Bible in the light of black consciousness which gave birth to black theology. And how did he do that? And then Robert Sobukwe contextualized, you know, the Bible as a preacher in the Methodist Church and he gave birth to Pan-Africanism. All your leading... Um, no, Dr. Nelson Mandela You didn't tell stayed. us how. You're, you're implying that they did, but give us an example of how they did that. Hold that thought. I'll give you an opportunity to respond to that <laughs> okay, when we fine. come back from the break. That's we fine. are taking your calls at 0891-104-207. Send your text sure messages is. to 34701. 34701. End your calls at 0891-104-207. How do we achieve, or can we ever achieve, religious tolerance in our country? You're listening to Facts of Faith. Naye Lupondwana on Facts of Faith. You listen to Facts of Faith with me, Nayelu Pondo, and we're taking your calls on 891 in conversation with three of our guests, and the third one is just joining us right now, Reverend Tumsana Metula. He is founding pastor of the African Christian Mission Church, and also we do have Mamukulis Pete, a member of the Baha'i Faith in Johannesburg. And we're waiting to have a conversation with Abdul Rahman Leili, a South African journalist, talking to us about just this. How can we achieve religious tolerance in our country? Well, uh, you you are still breathing on this issue of yes. Steve Biko, Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King, all these people. How did they contextualize a Middle Eastern document? 
they made it to be more relevant to the situation how? that the I heard people, that part. you how? know, how they did it was to centralize the concept of liberation, to say religion is about liberation, where there's oppression, where there's discrimination, where there's undermining of other people's rights on the basis of gender, race, you know, ethnicity, stuff like that. This cannot be God who is Hold speaking. On. Therein it's, lies the problem. So, 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 that's that's so, not so, contextualizing so, 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 it. So, so, liberation now becomes a vehicle of the interpretation of religion. Why intolerance? It is because there are certain oppressive elements in religions today. Now, those are the issues that we need to be able to deal with to do away with this in tolerance which breeds which makes people to be chased which makes pastors to preach the gospel that suits their personal interests as if it is the gospel of jesus christ whereas it is not the gospel you see you know, reverend oh, that does not contextualize religion you're talking right. about hermeneutics and exegesis right there yes. we're not talking about contextualizing you see when you're going to talk to me about a bible that has no problem with prejudice you're not contextualizing it to a person who has a problem with prejudice if, as a South African people, we are against slavery, we're against apartheid, we're against discrimination, and yet the Bible is perfectly comfortable with slavery. In fact, it gives you the right to be kind to your slaves. It doesn't say, do not have slaves. You will go into the New Testament and it says, in fact, he who is a slave must not seek to be free. The one who is free must not seek to be a bondsman. It gives the impression that the, the, the Bible is perfectly comfortable with prejudice, no. which we as a people and even Steve Biko and even Martin Luther King Jr. and all these activists were against. There is no way of contextualizing scripture. You can interpret it the way you like it, but you can never change what it says. Can you, Reverend? You can. You can uh, change Galatians what it says. Chap- no, you are not. Galatians <laughs> chapter 3 verse 28, it, it says there's neither Jew nor Greek, neither male nor female, neither master nor slave. Yes. So meaning that in today's context, you know. It doesn't these, say in today's context. It says in it, Jesus. Yeah. It, in it, Jesus, it says we are all Christ, one. Yes. We are all one. Not in now, today's we, culture. We cannot use those things to justify slavery. We cannot use it to justify gender oppression. We yes. cannot use it to exploit workers, exploit other races you come to a from a history where the apartheid government used the bible to do exactly that yes so you cannot say you can't do it it has been done for almost 56 years in our country uh, the bible is a political text is an ideological text it is not only a spiritual and a religious text yes and we tend to ignore the ideological the political side of it yes you know and we also need to be able to deal you know with this problematic whose politics are different from ours i suppose perhaps this is why we have intolerance in our country our politics are different from that of our scriptures we read the gleanings of Baha'u'llah, we read the Quran, we read the first five books, what do you call them, the, the Pentateuch? The, Torah, the, the, yes. the Jews call it the Torah, you call it the Pentateuch, and, and the list goes on. We read um, one yeah. of the great sages in our country, yes. Kedo Mutua, and you listen to all these ideas clashing. You realize we don't speak the same word, and yet we speak of tolerance. Is it ever possible? Hence, I'm asking again, based on all the fact that we have aired in this conversation so far, is it ever possible? To arrive at what have been tried for time immemorial. Can we ever achieve it? Yep. Yes, ma'am. We can, but it's not going to come easy. It's not going to come through, you know, when you learn something, there's a saying, you cannot use the same trick to get a different solution. Yes. We have to unlearn what we have learned. Mm. 
like my brother here, we have learned. We are human beings. We we, we habitual. We we pick this. We have to unlearn what we have learned. Okay. That to me, that's and we have to consciously go back to the basics. Why are we here? Why were we created? Okay. What makes us unique? Okay. Like the power of understanding, which okay. is power of intellect. We, we have to go. We have to recognize that while we are as beings, we cannot go to the lazy brain just keep on practicing habits and traditions and and everything by unlearning we have then to come and re- recognize the century we are living in it's no more the century of i had this i have to in uh, yes hearing, hearing is good but now what process do I take in my mind yes. to understand what I've learned? Yes. Maybe I'll totally reject it. Maybe I'll take part of it. Maybe I'll go with it. So now if you're suggesting that we should be subjective, we should take what is good no, for us and no, leave no, what no, is not. No, I'm not saying that. By unlearning and learning, that means there was something. But you don't just, again, throw everything out because it's bad. Like I said in the beginning, religion as a religion doesn't cause the mess we're in. Yeah. We, as my brother confirmed, we cause through our own reasons. I'll give you an example of how that statement is not entirely correct, ma'am, with respect. Mm-hmm. When you look at the Bible, as I've just shown right now, mm-hmm. it has caused division. We have a homosexual problem in our country because of pastors who preach prejudice against people and not against mm-hmm. the sin. The Bible does say it is wrong for the behavior, but doesn't say it wants to prejudice against the people. Now, that's one example. Mm-hmm. Example number two is about the Muslims. And we do have Abdur who's holding right now, who seem to have divisions amongst themselves. The Sunnis the side, the Sufis the side. Exactly. Some believe it is Ali who's supposed to be leading. Some believe it's supposed to be the descendants of, of Muhammad uh-huh. who's supposed to be leading. It, it seems as though within ourselves as members of people who believe in some kind of deity, mm-hmm. we have forms of discrimination embedded in our documents, in our various scriptures. Now, hence, I'm asking the question, how is it that you seem to be implying, and I could be wrong, correct me if I am, that we must take what is comfortable for us and leave it. Mm-hmm. If we're supposed to take the Bible as it is, we take the Bible as it is. If we take the gleanings of Baha'u'llah as they are, we take them as they are. Not sift what we want. If we're supposed to take the Quran, we take it as it is. We don't select certain things and say, actually, I'm going to take the Hadith uh, as an appendage to what Muhammad is saying. In fact, I will ignore one of the things, some of the things that were said by Muhammad. I'll actually follow what was said by Ali. It seems as though no, 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 no. We, we are we're convoluted no, no, on no, by no. ourselves. The word of God, yes. we cannot sift it. Ah. We cannot uh, dilute it. Yes. We cannot. Di- but the difference, God gave us his word okay. in whatever form. Be the Bible, be the Torah, be the Quran, be the most holy book of the Baha'is, be in whatever. It's pure, it's clean. It cannot be diluted, it cannot be expanded, it cannot be. But now, parallel to that, God put me here and gave me the power of understanding. My understanding, when I read the gleanings, when I read the Bible, definitely will be limited because I am... Nothing. I'm a human being. Yes. But getting that understanding. But if I go to that understanding through with purity and everything, God willing might help me. Sometimes I might totally miss the point. But I cannot depend on you 
going to that same gleanings or that Bible, read and come and pose to me, yes. it means this. Yes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I cannot take that. Let's bring in this reading. Especially in this end century. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Yes. I have to come out from the darkness of ignorance. Yes, and read for myself. Exactly. <laughs> all right, all right. Exactly, not you telling me. Let me bring in Abdul Rahman Laili, a South African journalist. Good morning to you, Abdul Rahman Laili. Thank you very much for finally agreeing to join us. Um, good morning. Many thanks. My apologies for not being able to join the Better conversation. Late than the Better late than never. All right, let's get down to it. Um, do you imagine if you go into the history of the Republic, and I understand it's happening all over the world, but let's focus on the Republic of South Africa. Going back into the history of the Republic up until the year 2017, do you imagine that we'll ever be able to achieve tolerance if we have failed to do it up until now? Um, I think the very first point, based on the little portion of the discussion I've heard, is that uh, we should move beyond the utopia of an ideal society okay. because anarchy and not believing in anything has not led us to any ideal society anywhere in the world. Is, is intolerance two, basically in, uh, a utopianist two, ideal? Um, I'm saying that's an ideal we strive for. You're saying that not believing in anything gives us the opportunity of being able to achieve total tolerance, and that's not going to happen. The fact is we must acknowledge that humans are fallible, and by humans being fallible, they are going to fall short at times. But the idea is to strive towards excellence, towards perfection, if you may, okay. uh, striving towards it, knowing that um, it's something that you may not achieve, okay. but to which you strive towards is going to allow you to realize the religious tolerance or the racial tolerance or the ethnic tolerance or tolerance in whichever dimension uh, of viewpoint you're viewing tolerance from. All right. Uh, I'm curious. When when you say this utopianist ideal must move away from it, are you implying that we're never going to be able to achieve it? Because it sounds like I heard you saying it's never going to happen. Are you therefore saying we must... No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you saying that if we don't believe in anything, then maybe there's a chance we'll get there. No, I I, I never said that. The way you're engaging your guests, it seems like you're almost saying... That if there's no belief system, then maybe we'd have more of tolerance. No, I never said that. <laughs> I never said that. Let, let me so ask. The same way you are interpreting what your guests are saying, that we should have equal license to interpret what you're saying. So accept what we are saying as your guests on face value, and then maybe we can have a fair and candid conversation. Actually, the fair and candid of ness of our conversation is such that both of my guests sitting right here with me don't feel like I've misrepresented them. You are the one who's just joined us who thinks that they feel that I've misrepresented them. You come in with your opinions, not because that's what they think, that's what you think. They believe it's fair and candid, not you. Now let's go back to the fact at hand. The fact of the matter is we have religions and religious leaders. Some suggest that these are two different things, religion and religious leaders. And because of religion and the religious leaders, we find ourselves in a state of intolerance, especially in our country. Some are quoting the scriptures and implying that it's because of that. And some are quoting the the speakers themselves. Say that again. I think that we're not encouraging where our country is and what we've achieved compared to the rest of the world. I think we're doing much better than many places. I think if you look at the U.S. of A., which considers itself a developed society, a society of giving everyone free opportunity, etc., 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 and you look at them just in terms, in terms of the uh, inauguration of President, if you may call it that, Donald Trump, in the last few days, then that tells you about where development and capitalism and consumerism and individualism can get you, as opposed to where if people, as your guests have mentioned, decided to... A leaning and an aspersion towards any particular faith, then maybe they would be 
getting much further. Let's get, let's get down to some of the issues around your uh, um, your, your your various faiths in our country. We have uh, uh, Muslims who have found themselves in a situation a pickle, where people seem to be throwing snouts, pig snouts, uh, their moss. Um, is that a sign of us gravitating towards tolerance or towards intolerance? In your take, uh, if we don't know who the perpetrators are, then we can't say whether it's tolerance or intolerance. It could be a number of boarding school kids who found themselves to be free uh, at that time because school hadn't commenced and decided, hey, let's play a couple of pranks. And and this but, prank is an, is an act of tolerance or intolerance? No. And that's, if you're talking about tolerance by virtue of people who, who, who follow or who adhere to certain faiths, or are you just talking about people in general? I'm talking so about the act in and by itself, regardless of who does. The act of deliberately no, putting be, something that we all you, know you is incorrect. You your statement by mentioning that you have religions and you have religious leaders and you have them. By extension, you would have adherents or followers of those religions. So if you're not speaking of any one of these three categories, then how can you frame, where do you frame the discussion? So you can't speak about the act in isolation of big snouts at at masjids of places of places of worship without speaking about who are the people who are potentially involved. And that's why I'm asking you the question, up until we don't know who it is, then you can't use it as an example of saying whether it's tolerance or intolerance. Actually, because when you look at the a bunch fact... Of kids, irrespective of their faith background, were doing it because, hey, this seems like a cool thing to do. Like maybe, you know, kids that age, if it were kids, that age would go around and ring people's bells on a Sunday morning at 7 a.m. when everyone's deciding... This is the one day, potentially, for not many, but a few of our country who have the liberty of not having to work on Sunday. Uh, this is the one day when I can get some additional rest. Would we that is intolerance because it's being done at that time of the morning, or we would say it's kids who are playing pranks? Actually, of what, what background they come from. So I, the same I, way, if you want to frame this as an example of tolerance or intolerance, you would need to know who the perpetrators are. Actually, on the contrary, it doesn't matter who does it. When we have a sign at the hospital that says no hooting because there's patients there, it doesn't matter. It could be the president for all I care. Hooting is an act of intolerance for what has been said not to be done. Same applies with children who are going to be ringing bells. When you're ringing bell in the house, you're causing disturbance there. And those families there will not tolerate you disturbing them, regardless of whether you're a child or you're a part of the KKK. The same applies with putting a pig snout at a mosque. No, it's, the same it's an act of wrong, regardless of who does it. The Muslim place of worship has connotations of something that goes against that faith. So it's not the same. But it your connotations are your connotations. The act in and by itself is wrong. The, the, the connotations and how you interpret that, that's your interpretation. We're talking about what is prohibited in a mosque and that which has been put in a place where it is prohibited. It doesn't matter who does it. It's not supposed to be done. End of story, isn't it? Or do you imagine that perhaps Muslims will say, it's okay when it's children who are pranksters. It's all right. We'll, we will welcome snouts at our mosque. Is that what you're suggesting, Abdur? No, that's not what I'm suggesting. What sir, but I'm suggesting? saying if you quote something as an example, then you need to understand the circumstances and the people who could be contributing. But to we do not scenario. there. The act has been done. It doesn't matter who did it. When you're saying we need okay. to find out who did it, it implies that the act ref- changes from wrong to right because of who does it. It's not about the act. It's about the severity of the act then. When once you have figured out who has that... Oh, it's the, the degrees of wrong now. So are we talking religious tolerance or are we talking tolerance in general? Because if you're talking tolerance in general, then you need to have a panel of more than just religious leaders. All right. Let's move on to uh, some callers. 891 104 Let's go to Pele Naidu. Good morning, Pele. Good morning. Good morning. I want to speak from a Hindu point of view. Go ahead, sir. Please.
please allow me to make this statement. <clears throat> Sorry. For God to be God, God must be the God of all people, all nations, all cultures, and all the religions of the world. If your religion does not cherish, revere, conceive, or conceptualize such a universal being, your religion leaves a lot to be desired. To achieve the ideal of tolerance, the religions born in the Middle East must really examine themselves in the light of their of this contention. The religions born in the Middle East make very little sense to me because they all make claims that can never be verified. That is my point. Are there Thank claims you. that can be made, can be verified? The religions born in the, in the Middle East make very little sense to me. My question there... they make claims that can never be verified. Pele, are there you know, religious claims that can be verified? They make claims that can never be verified. You're not answering my question, Pele. Are there religious claims that can be verified? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Such there as? are certain religions that teach absolute truth. Such, and such as? And our duty is to know what that truth is. Such as? All right. Such as? Give us an example of a religion that has been able to verify so, Sorry, sorry, its claims. what are you saying? Give us an example of a religion and a fact that can be verified. There are certain, <clears throat> I beg your pardon, there, sh there are certain religious truths Such as? that can be verified. Give In us other an example. Words, it is a truth that is taught for the benefit of all humanity. Pele, give us an example. what that truth is. Give us an example, Pele. That, um, the, you know, in the Bhagavad Gita, we hear Bhagavan Krishna says, Never was there a time when I was not, never will there be a time thereafter when we shall cease to be. He says that all human beings in the world, all seven billion of us were born with the inherent spiritual truth within us. We must look within ourselves to see what that religious truth is. Let's talk about that concept of reincarnation. It has never been verified by scientists or people of faith. Where did you Pardon? get your verification for that? Incarnation, reincarnation. Well, there are. There are people who have. I, you know, when I lectured at the University of KwaZulu-Natal, I showed films to my students not by Hindus, but by Christians and other people who actually looked into their previous lives and were able to detect information, proof that they had existed in previous lives. Okay. But this is a long discussion. All right, if long as it is. So you're suggesting that when you listen to somebody giving you testimony, that is verification in your opinion, yeah? That is to a certain extent a okay. certain kind of verification. But do you realize yes. that Christians have got people who give testimony all the time? <laughs> Muslims have got people give, bearing testimony on documentary, got documentaries all you the see, time. Testimony see, from I, people comes all the time. Discussion that can't be confined to your radio station, your program on the radio. No, it not at all. It requires a lengthy discussion. But then again, we need to get the facts of what you're saying. What you're saying has been proven not to be a fact. If you're going to suggest that um, the Muslims, see, the I'm Christians, and all the others... I did not bring up the matter of reincarnation. Uh, That's something completely different. Now, I'm saying, 
if you have given us any, you have not given us, if you given us an example of a verifiable fact, you have not given us any verification there. Oh, oh no, it doesn't come just like that, that I can just give you one little fact okay. and then everybody accepts it, I'm sorry. Okay. Religious aspiration doesn't work like that. Okay. It's a religious aspiration, is study, years of study, years of struggle, okay. until you come to know the truth. You don't All just right. repeat words that have been given to us by other people. All right, got it. Thank you very much, Pele. Appreciate your calls. Go to Joshua. Good morning, Joshua. Good morning, Naya, and to your panel. Um, Maybe just wanted to share a a few thoughts. One one is that, you know, there are certain truths that the moment we we accept and start living those truths, uh, we would achieve even greater tolerance than currently is 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 the case. Okay. The first truth is that there's only one God. So there are different religions, Muslim, Baha'i, uh, Buddhism, Jewish, yes. so forth. The fact of the matter is they all worship one God. That oh. is the truth. Hold on. Let's, let's chew on that truth. But you do understand yes. there are people who don't believe that there's only one truth, right? The fact that you have, you have cited monotheistic religions doesn't mean that there aren't any polytheistic religions, right? Uh-huh. So we do accept that your truth is not true to the pagan, for example, who believes in a pentatonic god or a, a, a hexagonic god. It doesn't matter uh, how many heads or persons that this god, but they believe that there is a Zeus. They be- believe that there is a Saturn and so forth. All these gods. So you cannot say that is a truth. It's a truth as far as you're concerned. But as far as a pagan is concerned, it's not. I think it, it's a truth as far as divine religion is concerned. Which one is not divine? Because all these adherents believe their religion is divine. Well, uh, okay, Let, let's put it this way. It, okay. it, is, it is truth in terms of the Baha'i faith, certainly. It is truth in terms of my understanding of the Christianity, in terms of the Islam religion, yes. uh, in terms of the Jewish religion. Yes. Um, and, and that then, on the basis of that, that, that is the, the, the first truth. But you but hold on, on hold point, on. Even on, with on your point, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Joshua. You're talking about yes. you are citing religions that are rooted in Abraham. Even Abraham was not a Jew when he started. He comes from uh, 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 Mesopotamia. In Mesopotamia, he was a polytheist. When he when he became when he was called by God to go down south, he was not a monotheist. He was a polytheist. He was taken from his father's land, and this God said, "Come." So you cannot say that because these Abrahamic faiths, you've cited the Baha'is, the Christians, the Jews, the Muslims, because they all root their understanding from the origins of Abraham, therefore they are all believing in one thing. Not true. But where does it say that all these religions originate from Abraham? Well, you can ask them, they're here. They all believe that they all believe in the leadership of Abraham. They're called Abrahamic faiths. I think we, we, we certainly recognize Abraham as one of the messengers of God. But to to suggest that all religions um, are, in, in a sense, descendants, as it were, of uh, the beliefs of Abraham, I think would be incorrect to, to make such a statement. Okay, so you um, believe that the, the so, adherents and the leaders don't know what you're saying. You, you, you believe that they don't know what they're talking about. You're right and they're wrong. And they themselves are the leaders no, no, of their no, no, own no. faiths. No, 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 no. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and and I, I, I think just the last point that you just made leads me to, to the second principle. Okay. That the, 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 and, and I'm even speaking on, on, on behalf of myself. Okay. 
the principle of the independent investigation of truth, right? Okay. So until and unless all of us investigate all these different religions and what they are teaching, yes, it will be very difficult to, 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 to achieve tolerance in terms of religion. So my, my, my knowledge of other religions is, of course, limited. Yeah. And, and therefore, I, I can only speak on my... On, on the middle line of the Bahai I understand. Also, oh, you're a Bahai also. It's very critical that we are all familiar with the teachings of the different religions. Otherwise, it will be very difficult to achieve a religious tolerance because ignorance yes. and lack of education is, is the very source of this intolerance. Are you, are you a Bahai, Joshua? Joshua, are you a Bahai? I am, yes, I'm a Bahai. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Joshua. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to Gift. Good morning, Gift. Hi, how are you? Yes, good. Go ahead, sir. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go ahead, Gift. Okay, yeah. Um, look, I, I've, just, I've just been listening to your conversation, and it is interesting. I am Christian, right? Okay. And um, I, I believe from the way that you've been looking into this conversation, you've been talking about uh, tolerance of one another. But if we look at this thing, the Bible does not in any way encourage uh, us being intolerant to one another. In, in fact, it encourages us all the way, even from the Old Testament to the New Testament, to love one another, okay. right? Okay. So, here, here, here is what I just want to add to your conversation. There. What I want to add is, um, I believe that what is causing so much what you call intolerance of one another is not the religion as per se. It is the people in the religion. Because if you read scriptures, if you read scriptures and if you, if you read them with understanding, you understand that not all of them were written in our time, right? Not all of them were written in our times and in our situation and in this current setting. And you have to understand what it meant to the people. For instance, if you look at the letters of Paul. Paul wrote addressing those letters to a certain group of people of which we were not part of those, we were not part of those groups. But our principles in those letters, which also applies to us in our lives as, as we live today, I think that, that is what I wanted to add, that it is not like uh, religions are against, uh, or religions are uh, supporting divisions amongst people. But... Um, I speak for Christianity that it supports love for one another, and that is what the Bible commands us to do. That is what Jesus said. Allow me, since you are a Christian, allow me to read from your Bible. And I read from the book of Le- uh, since you are a Christian, allow me to read from your Bible, uh, the Bible sure. from the book of Leviticus, chapter 18. Yes. I'm going to begin with verse 22. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm going to read verse 23, also in 24 and 25. It depends on where we'll find ourselves comfortable. It reads, I'm starting from verse 22, it reads, and I quote, Do not have sexual relations with a man as one does with a woman. That is detestable. Prejudice right there. 23, do not have sexual relations with an animal. In the very same chapter, don't have sexual relations with an animal and defile yourself with it. A woman must not present herself to an animal to have sexual relations with it. That is a perversion. 24. Do not defile yourselves in any of these ways because this is how the nations that I am going to drive out 
um, before you became defiled. Even, verse 25, even the land was defiled, so I punished it, for it is sin, and the land vomited out its inhabitants. Close quote. I'm sure you can read the whole te- text okay. and, and understand. Okay. It seems as though when you read this, it calls all the behavior that we have found constitutionally protected in our country detestable and a defilement. Prejudice right there. Okay. Yes. In your Bible. Uh, yes. Look, from the scriptures which you have, which you have just quoted. Yes. Right? Look, you are correct in the scriptures. And they are, they, they are there. They are in our Bible. And uh, we cannot change them. However, from the setting, or from, well, from looking at it from where we are today, right? Um, we live in a country with all these laws. And you must remember that our country is not, is not, is not, is not, I cannot say. We cannot say it's a Christian country, but it's a country that includes and that involves anybody. Mm-hmm. Right? A circular state. Yes. So, but that does not speak to say, as a church, we cannot speak against sin. You see? As a church, we, we still need to stand firm in the Word of God. What the Word of God says is wrong, is wrong, and what it says is right, is right. And however, we must remember that right now, um, Leviticus is also in the Old Testament, right? Yes. Yes. Leviticus is also <laughs> in the Old Testament. And some of those, some, some of those laws uh, were written, uh, it was for God to bring, um, to bring order into the children of Israel. Okay. Today, we, are, we also, in, in our context today, we have also a constitution, which in those, ta- in those times, we're not there. It wasn't there. There was no, there was no constitution. Okay, there was I got to move on there, living. Gift. I got your point. Thank you very much. I'm sure mm-hmm. you, you, you'll find people disagreeing with you that the Old Testament is less important than the New. But that's your saying. I'm not saying the Old Testament is less important. You, what, what are you saying? Tell me what you're saying. Yes. Yes, I'm not saying the Old Testament is okay. less important. Okay, tell I me what you're saying. Because the Word of God says all Scripture in the Bible is breath, uh, is, uh, it has the breath of God in it. So right. I believe that uh, 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 even the Old Testament is also the Word of God. Okay, so we must follow all the Testaments, both the New and the Old, equally, yeah? Yes. As far yes, as the Christians yes. are concerned. Thank you very much. Appreciate your call. Can we take a break and come back and read some text messages and have our guests respond and conclude on this matter? Naye Lupondwana on Facts of Faith. All right, I'm going to read some text messages and bring our conversation to a conclusion with our guests giving the parting shots. One text message reads, We must believe in the oneness of God. If only we could believe in that. Another one says, Ask Kuli, why did Baha'u'llah create his own God if he was not aimed at divisionism? That's S-A-C. I'll give you that one to respond to. Another one says, Religion was man created to divide us. It's imposed on people via food, labeling, loud symbols. Why should anyone who is not part to that tolerate it? That's Jack in Alberton. Intolerance right there. Another text message reads, Religion is the destroyer of common sense and logic. That's Phil in Durban. Quote, unquote, Sin City. I didn't know Durban was Sin City. All right, I'm going to give my guests an opportunity to round up their parting shots. Each of you, lady and gentlemen, uh, please be as brief. Two minutes, precisely two minutes. Let's begin with Abdur. Abdur, you've heard the comments and the text messages. Your reply and your parting shot. Two minutes. Well, what I would like to say is that I think all religions call for a certain sense of morality uh, and ethics and common universal values. And those universal values are, through the different religions, are the ideals 
uh, that different people would find and, and would want to strive for using different means so that they may achieve that eternal salvation and felicity that gives them a sense of purpose both in this world and if they are from amongst those who believe uh, in a hereafter, knows that it gives them some sort of consolation that they would be able to attain um, paradise, um, achievement, success, and make their life meaningful on earth. I think when we want to frame the discussion of tolerance around an ever-eroding sense of morals and morality, then um, your discussion is not really going to go anywhere. And if you look at all the religions, irrespective of whether they are polytheists or monotheists, in terms of the high ideals they strive for, they strive for morality, they strive for justice, and they strive for all the universal values that all of us want to see in any society. So that being said, I think all religions are geared towards tolerance, and when there's an understanding by adherence to the different religions, and as you put it, religious leaders of the different religions and different dispersions, that it is that we are striving towards a set of universal values, but maybe choosing different routes, either the N12 or the N4, to get to some destination, then we will have great, a greater sense of tolerance. All right. Thank you very much, Abdur. You heard your questions, your reply, and your parting shot. First, Baha'u'llah didn't create his own God. Not true. 120% not true. We can say next conversation next time. Okay. So, uh, just to go to the... Devin, mm. I never knew Sin City. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> uh, my belief, myself, uh, as I said in the beginning, parallel to whatever God gave us, He gave us the power of intellect. As a Baha'i, I live, breathe that religion and reason are in harmony. And if we don't have that, we are subject to fanatism and materialism. My closing remark. I would like to share the, what the head of the Baha'i Faith Universal House of Justice said in 2002. He actually, they wrote, to the, the Universal House of Justice wrote to the religious leaders about this relevant, close to the same issue. They say, I'll quote, with every day that passes, danger grows that the rising fires of religious prejudice will ignite a worldwide conflagration the consequences of which are unthinkable. Such a danger, civil government unaided cannot overcome. Nor should we delude ourselves that appeals for mutual tolerance can alone hope to extinguish animosities that claim to possess divine sanction. The crisis that we have now calls on all religious leadership for a break with the past as decisive as those that open the way for society to address equally corrosive prejudices of race, gender, gender, and nation. Whatever justification exists today for exercising influence in matters of conscience lies in serving the every day that passes. Danger grows that the rising fires of religious prejudice will ignite a worldwide conflagration, the consequences of which are unthinkable. Such a danger, civil government unaided cannot overcome. Nor should we delude ourselves that appeals for mutual tolerance can alone hope to extinguish animosities that claim to possess divine sanction. The crisis that we have now calls on all religious leadership for a break with the past, 
as decisive as those that opened the way for society to address equally corrosive prejudices of race, gender, gender and nation. Whatever justification exists today for exercising influence in matters of conscience lies in serving the well-being of humankind. At this greatest turning point in the history of civilization, the demands of such service could not be more clear. Quote by Bahá'u'lláh, the well-being of mankind, its peace and its security are unattainable mm. unless and until its unity is firmly established. Thank All you right. very much. Thank you very much, ma'am. Reverend, go ahead. Your, yes. your response to the comments and your parting shot. Well, my parting shot in responding to the comments, as soon as religious people, we say that there are claims that cannot be verified. That on itself is religious intolerance. Okay. As soon as someone says I'm an atheist to believe in religion, there's no common sense. That on itself, it is intolerance. But is it not correct? When somebody says there's no verification for almost everything that you say as people of faith, isn't that true? Well, they are saying it from a particular point of view. But is it not Be- true? Being an atheist is a religious decision. So they are, they are not irreligious. They've made a choice to say God Fair does enough. not... But, you see, so what we are trying to do, like um, our Muslim brother and uh, sister from Paev were saying, religion wants to talk about liberation of humankind, justice, you know, unity. How do we make the lives of human beings to be better? How do we as religious leaders, you know, I'm a Christian to say, when are we going to have in, in our communities a service with the Muslims, with the Sangomas, with the Hindus, so that we reflect it. It does not only happen in leadership but it is also reflected on the ground we need to speak against intolerance against all odds but again we need to explore ways and means to concretize it to practicalize it so that we normalize it even in our schools in our workplaces because at work people are divided because this one is a christian this one is a sangoma that is a now how do we concretely bring that thank you very much all right and that's how we conclude today's edition of facts of faith with me and to all our guests, Abdul Rahman Leili, he is South African journalist, Kuli Zipeta, member of the Baha'i Faith in Johannesburg, and Reverend Dumsana Matula, founding pastor of the African Christian Mission Church. And to all of you who called in, sent your text messages, we really appreciate you coming through. Don't forget, this program is going to be on podcasts after this uh, program, so please, you can find it on our website, www.safm.co.za. We'll try and put all of our programs from ever since we started last year on our website there, on our page there, the Facts of Faith page. Go to my profile and click on our Facts of Faith page and you'll find the podcast of the program. From me, Nayelo Pondona and the team, have a wonderful day and Godspeed.